Hey, good morning, folks, and uh, again, thanks for joining us for Liberty Online, and uh, wanted to make sure you know that, again, we are in person at 945 and 11 o'clock at the building. If you're interested in joining us, we're going to talk a little bit about um, maturity over the next, next several weeks, and we want to talk to you specifically about um, an opportunity we have to be the body here uh, as a church to our community. October the 29th, we're going to spend the evening here at the building, handing out some candy, just spending time with some passers-by. They, they do trick-or-treat night here in Richland Township that night. Folks park in the parking lot and then head down to the Blue Moon Estates to to make their haul, and so we will meet them outside by the corner, and then maybe over at a home inside of Blue Moon Estates, where we can we can join in the community's uh, time that night, spending time just meeting them where they are. So if you would like to be engaged, that's October 29th, five o'clock here at the church. We're going to start setting up anytime between five and eight. You can come by and and uh, join us. If you can't make it that night, there is a container in the airlock at the front of the church that you can drop off candy, and we'll make sure that that gets distributed. Uh, we can also take candy on Sunday mornings as well, bags full of stuff, and we'll make sure that it gets distributed, and that uh, along with that, we, we share the love of Jesus to people who need it, and it falls right in line with some of what we want to talk about this morning as we look at week number three, basically, of maturity and what does it mean to, to continue to grow up. And last week, we, we talked about what it means to, to grow up with God and that, that we have to put in some effort there um, to spend time with God, that we need to make Him a priority, that we need to reorder our lives sometimes to reflect the fact that He is important uh, in our everyday. So I hope that you did that this week. I hope that you spent time in John chapter 15 and you got plugged back into the vine and that you understand how important that Jesus is for your well-being, for your, for your mental well-being, for your physical well-being, for your spiritual well-being, that you are plugged back in there and that, that you have made some, some strides in that. And realistically, we're going to talk about these last week and this week, really the, the only two things that are eternal. The eternal value of things um, comes down to God because God is always, has ever been, and will ever be. He is eternal. And then he has invited us as people and created us with a spiritual nature and an eternal value to him. And just so you know, that, that as we view scripture, that, that yes, there is an eternal value to man. And at the end of his physical life here, he will either spend eternity with God or away from God in hell. Those are the two options, but he will be there eternally. And that's the thing that, that we've got to get through our minds, that as we think about how important it is to read scripture and the things that, that weave in and throughout scripture, the two things that are eternal and constant are God and his creation, man. Those two things are what we should be about. That's why all of the law and the prophets hang on two things, right? Loving God 
loving others. So last week we talked about what it means to grow up with God, that we're not alone, that we need to walk in step with the Spirit because that is how we make good decisions about what we're doing with our time and, and how we spend time with God. As a result of that, I pray that you have been able to reestablish some, some priorities, that you took last week and you quieted your heart, you spent time time reevaluating things, and this week we're going to talk about then people. So those two eternal things, God and people. Our world, uh, unfortunately, the church world has specifically lost sight of some of this at times. Um, we sometimes allow ourselves to be so inundated with busyness of meetings and doing things at church that we sometimes forget about personal relationships with God and with people. And the church has, has lost sight of it and, and has changed its direction sometimes. We've kind of lost our direction. Our focus is in the world we live in. Our focus is primarily directed to ourselves. And I want you to, I want to be clear that your relationship with God matters, but it's not really about you. It's about your relationship with God and then how the relationship with God is going will dictate how your relationship with others goes as well. And at no point should your eyes be on yourself, really. You can read this whole book and find very little about you. The promises that God loves you, that he died for you. Yes, all those things are so true that he has placed you and sealed you in the heavenlies. All of those things are, are momentary and they're done as soon as you accept Jesus Christ. But, but once you understand salvation, that's the point of the book. That's how it pertains to you personally. Now you've got a relationship with God and suddenly your eyes are never supposed to be on yourself again. Allow God to have his eyes on you and you to have your eyes on others so that you can see what it is that others are going through. Looking to Jesus or others all the time. We're going to start today and we're going to spend the entire time in one chapter of Ephesians because I think there's some things here and I, you could talk about this subject for years. Um, it is something that, that you need to wrestle with and study all of your life because remember it takes a lifetime to grow a life. You're never done until you are outside of this earth and you have been glorified with Jesus. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, let's start there as we, as we start to unpack what Paul tells the church at Ephesus. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 
But to each one of us, grace has been given as apportioned by Christ, as Christ apportioned it. So there's three things in these first seven verses that I want to tackle. First, there are some prerequisites, let's say. Let's say that, that I, I, I want to start with these things as, as building blocks foundational to your relationship with other people. And this is sometimes what the world loses sight of. What really matters to God in our world. Paul is talking here from prison. He is in chains and he is urging you to live in a manner worthy of the calling that you've received. So as you last week heard, God loves you, right? And, and wants to have this relationship with you. And as a result of you having this relationship and this awe-inspired position in the universe, that you can take that then and live in a way that mirrors it. That, that literally shows others what it's like to be a believer, to live in a manner worthy of the calling that you have received. And the first couple of things that Paul says is to be humble, be gentle, be patient, and bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This doesn't sound like our world very often, does it? Humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. These are the foundational building blocks for how Jesus dealt with people. If we want to learn how to be like God or, or spend time with God and develop into a mature relationship with him, then we need to take on some of those characteristics that he embodied. And he was humble, right? When asked who he was, he was plain. But in the way that he lived, he did it with humility. As Satan takes him out into the desert and tempts him with all kinds of things, he humbly, through the word of God, responds and says, no, that's not why I'm here. In humility, he offers his body on the cross for you and for me. The humility that Jesus showed is the practical example for how we're supposed to live life. Our eyes are not to be on ourselves. Our eyes are to be on God. As we embody Jesus' characteristics, we should look like Jesus and then reflect God and be humble. And they, they praise and honor should go to God. Being gentle. Being gentle. Gentleness is not something that people write on resumes, is it? It's not the way that they want to be seen in our world. They don't want to be known for their gentleness. They, they, they see that as weakness sometimes. It's not true. It takes an incredible amount of strength to handle a situation gently. 
to allow the physical part of your body to be laid aside and say, no, I'm going to handle this spiritually. I'm going to gently enter into this relationship. I'm going to gently enter into this situation and handle it in a way that that doesn't just reflect my gifts and my strengths, but, but gives a glory ultimately to God. To be patient. Patience is something that is overlooked and, and in my mind it, it falls in the same category as faithfulness um, to continue to do what it is that God is asking you to do if he continues to put you in a situation where you are finding your patience tried then he will give you the strength to get through it to do what the next phrase says, to bear with one another in love. Because let's face it, all of these things have to do with our relationships with other people. And these are the things that, that Paul instructs the church at Ephesus to concentrate on. To first get rid of pride. Forget about what it means to you. Think about what it might mean to the other person. To be gentle, not to be abrasive and callous and aggressive and say, I think I can fix what the problem is, but to gently approach the situation. To be patient with people, to allow yourself to, to continually be absorbed in other people's situations and yet be patient with other people. To not allow your anger to build. To not allow yourself to, to blow up and, and ruin what God might be doing in that relationship. Leading that person to himself because of your patience. To bear with one another in love. Ultimately, loving somebody is a very difficult thing that we've been asked to do. We've been asked to love like Jesus loved us first. Those are some of the prerequisites that I see Paul laying down. He says, then you're supposed to make every effort to keep unity and the spirit in the bond of peace. Why? <laughs> because we have this common thread. And, and I'm going to talk specifically to the church right now. Okay. The church has gotten a lot of this wrong, too, at times. We've not been humble. We've not been gentle. We've not been patient. We've not, not borne each other's burdens with love. We need to be reminded, and Paul does a great job here. As a matter of fact, he uses the word one seven times, that there is, there is one thing that we have in common, and it is one Lord one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. He says one seven times to remind us that there's one thing. There's one thing. We have the one common thread throughout our lives that should unite us in the bond of peace. If we understand who God is and we know that we've been given this one hope and we have one God and Father of us all, then peace should come. If our hearts are 
are fixed on who God is and what he's done for me, then I should be able to do these things for other people. If I am truly maturing and becoming more like Jesus, then these things should be really important to me, that I am reminded there as only one body, that we are all a part of it. Everyone who commits their life to Jesus Christ is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God, the Father of us all. The way that we get through it is that last phrase, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. If you have done what I've asked over the last several weeks and you have spent time alone with God and you've tried to figure out where you stand there and you've allowed your heart to be affected, then you know what that phrase means, that there is grace in your life, that you've been able to look back in your life and see the grace that has been apportioned to you by Jesus Christ. How your life is different for having known Jesus, for having the opportunity to worship him and to celebrate him and to live this life with him. And that very thing is what will get you through living with others. That you have been given grace. A certain amount has been apportioned to you to deal with whatever it is that life throws your way. It's there, sitting, waiting, apportioned by Jesus for you. Are you using it? Is it sitting off in a big pile in a corner of your heart, <laughs> unutilized, because you would rather think about yourself or, or be arrogant in the way that your life is going? Or are you using the grace that God has given to you and you have nailed all those things again to the cross with its sinful nature? And now you are using the grace that has been applied to you and apportioned for you to deal with other people. Because let's face it, church is full of people. Just like the rest of the places that we go, church is also full of people. And if this place can't be full of grace on Sunday morning, then there's no hope for our world. Because everyone that comes here and knows who Jesus is has been given grace. There's been an, a portion given to everyone by him. There should be so much grace in this room on a Sunday morning that you should be able to walk in the back and Feel it be different. Because we're humble, gentle, patient, and we're bearing with each other in love. As we mature and grow, we got to know why and, and how that looks. And Ephesians chapter 4 articulates some of those things. It talks about Jesus' sacrifice, it also gives us some do's and don'ts and some things that we need to really work on. But I want to flesh out a little bit more what that means that grace has been apportioned for us and, and us as the body of Christ, as the church, in verse 11 through 16. It says that Christ himself 
gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As you grappled over the last week, I hope, with what is a priority in your life, I pray that, that God has led you to the place where you have made him more of a priority, where you plugged back into him, because Christ has given, himself has given to the church, to the body of Christ, to all of us who are believers, people that are willing to equip the people for the works of service. Now, this is, this is everyone, folks. This isn't just me or the elders. Or, this, is, this is everyone that has ever taught throughout history as well. The, the prophets, the apostles, everyone that is in that category. We're, we're reading specifically out of the words of Paul today. All of those things that have transpired, Christ has given these things specifically to us. And gives us, to, gives us actively, inside of the church, people that are, are fulfilling those roles. That is a pretty important piece of what God is doing. So that we grow up and become mature and attain the measure of the fullness of Christ. Because we are trying to grow up into Jesus. Jesus is our head, right? That's what it says. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes when we, when we talk about this in theoretical terms, folks. But this is a great application that Paul uses again and again because it's something we can all identify with. We need to follow our head. Physically follow our head. Your body and your head can't be separated. And so if the body of Christ is trying to do something that is contrary to the head, it's going to be in tension all the time. And yet the church has kind of lost sight of those things at times. We've done things that, that haven't necessarily been, been productive or maturing or growing up into him who is our. We get the opportunity because we have all of this to read, all of this to study, all of this to learn and to become so that we grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is our head, Christ. We need to follow Jesus. That's what this is about. That we look at what Jesus did and emulate it. Again, we get the opportunity to become more and more like Jesus. That's what God the Father has done for us by allowing his son 
to come and become a man, to die for our sins, and to do it willingly, humbly, patiently, gently, and fully. To give his life for you and me. He ultimately was the depiction of what it means to love God and love others. This last sentence here in verse 16, that from him, Jesus, that is, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, I'm going to be very clear here that every person that is in the body of Christ has work to do. You read it in Ephesians 2.10, right? That, that he's prepared good works in advance for you to do. You read it here that, that we build ourselves up as a body in love as each part does its work. We are supported, literally, it says, every supporting ligament in the body is necessary for support, for growth, for maturity. If there was something physically wrong with your body, if something wasn't maturing and you were unable to do something, you would go get it checked. That's what last week was about. Where are you in your spiritual progress, in your maturity? That was a checkup. Spending time with God, am I connected to the true source? Am I connected to him who is my head? And now, how does that apply inside of the body? Am I committed to the work that God wants me to do? Have I willingly said, yes, I want you to be the Lord of my life and then also accept that grace and mercy and also go do the good works that are there waiting for us to do? The body is incomplete without you. It is incapable of fulfilling its entire mission without you. Every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's important that you understand the opportunity that you've been given to emulate Jesus, to, to allow others to be drawn to him by your life. By working at it, by building yourself up, by spending time with him, and then pouring into others. Never is it about us. It's always about looking either to Jesus when we need it, or looking to others when he has overflowed our cup. The... Last verse that I want to talk about today, and like I said, we could talk about this for, for weeks and years, and this is a lifetime process, but verse 32 really sums it up. If you're going to listen to one thing I say today, please let it be this. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Your kindness and your compassion is a direct result of what Christ has done for you. God set it up that way. So you don't have to wonder what it looks like. If you truly believe and understand that Jesus died for you, that he wants your whole heart, and he did it in kindness and because he had compassion on you, then you are supposed to do that for others. You have to remember where it is that you have come from. You have to look at others the way that God looks at you. Folks, we are in an incredibly divided world right now. Everyone is looking to their own interests. Unity is something that is found inside of the New Testament more times than I even understand. That unity only comes from, from this. From being kind and compassionate to one another by remembering the sacrifice that Christ made and the fact that God the Father orchestrated it on your behalf. Remember where you came from. Remember what it is that Jesus did in your life. And look at other people differently because of it. I cannot give you the passion that is in my heart. You have to fan it into a flame yourself. You have to blow on those embers over and over and over until it blossoms into a flame and burns so brightly that other people see it. You have an opportunity to do that. I pray that you do it. That you take the time to continue to plug into the vine by spending time reading the words of Jesus and trying to figure out how in the world he had so much compassion and so much love for a world that hated him and killed him ultimately. And yet humbly, gently, patiently, he waits for you. And I pray that that is cultivated then in your heart for you to be able to do the same for others. And all of it, I pray, brings glory to God. As you surrender your life and we build each other up here as a body into what it is that, that was meant to be from the beginning. Father, I pray that you would unite our hearts. That you would allow for these words to penetrate that your Holy Spirit would be working in the hearts and minds of others, that you would draw us to people who need our compassion and that we would be willing to pour it out on their life and be kind and humble and gentle and compassionate, just as you were, Jesus, in our world. That we would be more and more like you and that this place 
here that liberty would be known as a place where people can come and receive kindness and compassion and be brought to a saving knowledge of you. Lord, thank you for that. I pray that, that we would utilize the grace that you've given to each of us. In Jesus' name.